Welcome to Ed Talks UK. I'm your host, Ben Crystal, and this week we're going to be talking about schools and environmental sustainability. I'm joined today by Kate Mouncy. Kate is Associate Assistant Head Teacher and, and Head of Sixth Form at Sandringham School in St Albans. Hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi, nice to be here. Hi, Kate. So do you have a personal interest in sustainability? Yes, I do. I'm a geography teacher and that kind of comes with the territory. Um, if I think back to my journey in geography, I've always been interested in um, the environment, the outdoors and in protecting the land around us. And that's developed, I guess, over the last 20 years in my teaching career, as I've seen how important that is to educate young people. So, yes, I'm very interested and I think it has a key role to play in education today. So in the last few years, climate change and environmental sustainability have moved right up the agenda for everyone. Uh, here in Hertfordshire, the County Council has announced plans to make itself carbon neutral by 2030. I'm sure we all know many young people who are desperate to do their bit to help. Um, so do you think schools should also play a key role in tackling climate change? Uh, yes, definitely. I think it's absolutely critical. And I guess it's critical on two levels. Um, one is the fact that schools are responsible for quite a large amount of greenhouse gas emissions themselves as large organisations. But perhaps even more importantly, we've obviously got the next generations uh, in our hands here to educate. And these are the people that are going to the generation that will need to solve this problem really. Um, and so it's absolutely critical that the curriculum um, is very explicit in teaching climate change as the evidence is now indisputable, but also that our actual buildings and our uh, operations consider how we're impacting on sustainability. You mentioned education there. Um, to, to what extent do schools already teach about climate change and sustainability? And do you think there are ways to improve that? Yeah, there's been a real shift change, I think, in the last five years or even in the last two years. So when I started teaching, I don't think we really mentioned climate change at all. It was still very much we have we have to be quite non-political, obviously, in schools. We have to give lots of sides of arguments. And there was still a very considerable um, scepticism, I suppose, around climate change, which really now has, I wouldn't say gone away, but the science is there now where we can be very explicit about it. And as a result, the national curriculum does state, obviously, that we, we teach very much about human induced climate change. And that's at all key stages. Um, so it's become more prevalent. And for example, in the geography specifications, and I'm sure in science, um, it's, it's quite prevalent. In my A-level, it comes up in pretty much every unit now, which is great to see. But we need to do a lot more. It needs to be much more embedded across the curriculum, not just in geography and science, for example. And sustainability as a whole needs to be taught. It's not just about climate change. It's about biodiversity. It's about waste. Um, it's about individual decisions. And it's also about citizenship and being a global citizen, about the sort of sustainable development goals. So it's absolutely huge and will need to be tackled at a whole school level. So I think that's the shift change that will need to take place in the next sort of two to five years. You, you mentioned schools there. 
do you think schools can play an active part in, in cutting the emissions directly? Uh, yes, so um, the DfE document published in the last few years estimates that schools account for 2% of UK greenhouse gases, and that's 15% of public sector emissions. Um, now, that doesn't sound a great deal, perhaps 2%, but it is huge. For example, that's the same as the energy and transport emissions of Manchester, Newcastle and Bristol combined. And that's our schools. So we we absolutely do have an urgent need to tackle this in schools, um, whichever way you look at it. And um, not only that, obviously, the byproduct of that, which is, poss as I said, possibly more important, is that by through doing that and being seen to do that, you're influencing not only the children in your schools, but your families and your whole community. So it has a ripple effect, which I think could be very, very powerful. So have you been involved in any projects to tackle sustainability in school? Yes, yeah, so Sandringham has had an interest in um, sustainability for quite a long time. And we've taken individual actions and certain measures, I guess, in our own work. In particular, the head, Mr. Gray, has um, been keen to, to deal with this in recent years and all our new buildings have sustainability at the heart of them and we've for example got a grant to put in new windows which are saving a huge amount of energy on our old sort of 1980s windows. Now they do make a really big difference and there's always a mindful um, take on that in our business decisions but it's been quite individual actions and just things that have cropped up. There's, there hasn't been I guess an overall plan um, so our current plan actually puts a policy in place, which we're just looking at at the moment to finalise. And that plan um, is very much linked to um, the, the national priorities. And the, you mentioned Harpshire County Council, I'm sure their plan is very similar. So, for example, it will involve um, aspects such as school buildings, biodiversity, sustainable food, waste and travel. But it also, because we're a school, has aspects of sustainable curriculum, sustainable leadership and sustainable community. Now, we're going to debate that in the next couple of weeks after Easter to put it out publicly and to share with all of our school community and stakeholders. Because if we have that plan and we, we have defined sustainability, which I don't think we have quite done to this point, we can then take actions against those things. So it's a, it, for me, it's a vision statement, really, rather than a policy, but you can call it what you want. So that's, I think, the crucial step that we're about to take is to agree what we mean by sustainability and to understand the different aspects, because then we can keep an eye on every strand to move forward. Now, from that, um, we will put, obviously, actions in place. And this year already, um, we've been very involved in the Woodland Trust schools planting. So we applied for some tree saplings and we had 420 arrive in November and we got those planted with year seven. So that every student in year seven planted a tree or more than one tree. And for them, it's, it's seeing it firsthand they're putting something in the ground that is going to increase biodiversity on site but also act as a carbon sink and we educated them around that during that that week um, and we've got another 420 arriving actually in May and the whole of year eight are going to do that and then previous to that 
um, we were involved a couple of years ago with the heartwood forest planting. So as I said, there's been individual actions, but now we're trying to bring it all together. Our next focus, I think, once we've agreed this vision is to look at waste on school site because we know we're not doing enough with waste. Um, we're also looking at, at further projects to do with biodiversity with the students. And finally, on this point, we have a student leadership um, group and one of the committees is called Sustainability and Ecology. And that's run for a couple of years uh, with some year 12 students in charge, but with every age group involved. And they are doing things like looking at putting some planters in around the school with wildflowers, um, putting up notice boards to inspire other students, putting in competitions to reduce waste and increase recycling. And that's critical to us, even if they're fairly small projects, um, that students lead on them and take responsibility and are empowered to change things because they're the leaders of the future. So that is a very significant part of our project, even if the big gains, if you like, um, in terms of sustainability in school might have to be taken by the business manager and uh, colleagues in quite prevalent positions, the student strand is really, really important. It might be worth mentioning some key resources that we're looking into at the moment. I mean, this is still very early days for us, <clears throat> but the organisation called Sustainable St Albans has been really useful to us. Now, even if you're not in St Albans, their website is excellent and has many links to Hertfordshire organisations and national organisations that can help schools become more sustainable. So I'm working through that list at the moment um, to find and, and to scope out different projects we might want to be involved in. So that's a, a lovely local group, and I think other districts in Hertfordshire may well have their own groups. The national organisation Let's Go Zero um, is very, it seems very good as well. We're just about to sign up to that scheme. And that's um, really aiming to help schools become carbon zero by 2030. Again, that ties in with other organisations like Hertfordshire. Again, they have, they are focusing on areas just like those that I've mentioned in our vision. So I use their website to help us and have lots of links and lots of um, support on offer. And finally, for us at the moment, Eco Schools, which is, again, a national organisation, is very much focused on the student side of things. So we're using that as a framework with our student group um, to work through their award system. So they have 10 areas of focus, again, very much looking at the areas I've described in our policy. They audit the school, the students have a, a good look at what we're doing, and then they decide which priorities they'd like to work on. And then there's lots of case studies and examples of things that other schools have done at all key stages um, to take action against in initially three areas. It's a really lovely organisation. It's free, but if you want to go for the green flag award, the top award, I think it's a, a contribution of £200 to the organisation just to get that assessment and that flag. So those are the three that we've come across this year as key um, support or areas that are pretty much free to access. There are many others besides and other schools, I'm sure, are using many other, other schemes. 
um, but they're the general ones. Within them, you might get specialist support for food, for example, for growing vegetable patches or biodiversity. So the RSPB would be excellent and all, all different types. But those three, I think, are where you might start. So sorry, that was a very long answer about what we're doing. Um, but we, yeah, we, we've really gone for it this year and we really want to get things in place for September to take it to another level, really. So that all sounds fascinating. And, and what next? Are there any projects that you'd like to develop in the future? Yes, so I mentioned quite a lot there. I think, as I said, our, our first priority will look at biodiversity on site and waste. Um, but really where we're heading is we want to make a, a significant inroad into that carbon zero status by 2030. But you have to take those individual actions one by one to get there. Um, another priority for us now is food. So I had a really great meeting just before Easter with our external caterer and our catering manager. And we're going to um, work with that company to look at more sustainable options um, pretty much immediately and certainly for September. Our students are really keen to look at that. A lot of them are choosing now vegetarian options or plant-based diets or want to more and more. And I guess the choice is difficult at school, sometimes because of the, um, the legislation around the nutritional requirements. So it's a quite interesting. Isn't, all of these things are quite difficult, but you can work towards them bit by bit. So, yeah, I think we need to have our vision in place, but from that have discernible actions for each term and particularly for the year ahead so that we can prioritise and make real progress and not become overwhelmed by what is a very, very large and difficult thing to deal with, but hopefully inspire the whole of the leadership team, lots of teachers and students to all get involved. Whilst I might coordinate it, it's quite clear that there are many aspects that will need to be taken in hand by lots of individuals in lots of areas. Um, and that would be one of the key messages and key areas to work on going forward is, is to get that buy-in from, from the whole school community. And that includes families as well. So, so say I'm a teacher and I'm hoping to start some activities at my school to address sustainability. Do you have any advice on where I could begin? Uh, any simple projects that we could would be a good place to start? Yeah, so I'd probably start, uh, well, if you're in St Albans with Sustainable St Albans, they have a schools group. We meet termly, so it's not a massive commitment, but it's a forum where we can meet with other teachers involved and we share ideas and best practice and, and there may be other organisations in different parts of the county. If that's not an option, I would probably start with eco schools because the audit on there is really, really accessible and, and it's, it's for student use, let alone teacher use. And that will give you a really good handle on where your school is at. And then from there, you can focus on just one area or a couple if you want to. So the audit, I think, is important to see where you're at. But if you just want to grab a scheme and, and go, it's worth looking at things like the Woodland Trust with, as I said, the school's tree planting or something like the RSPB that run little projects to help students engage. There was the Big Bird Watch back, back in January. 
Um, so those would be my key tips um, and just get stuck in with just one aspect, even if it's something like um, reducing plastic waste on site, just one thing that shows a difference. And from there, things can, can snowball and, and get better, I guess. So have you seen any positive impacts on, on students? Yeah, I think it's a bit early to tell for us. We're at the start of our journey and um, it, I do think it's so really important to judge that and monitor that as we go forward. Um, but in terms of this year, since I took over in September, and I, I would say there's been huge impacts from just the tree planting, for example, which is just one project, the excitement in the students, um, their understanding has really increased. And that was year seven. So they're nice and a young age to, to keep going with now. And certainly in our, in our geography classes, we see it firsthand when we teach this, that uh, this, the penny drops really. And there's a huge impact in that, in that knowledge base when they really understand something in depth. It's not just, you know, using the word climate change, understanding carbon sinks and tipping points and, um, even the role of phytoplankton in carbon sequestration, it, it can sound quite dull, but actually they are fascinated and understand exactly what's going on. So it's just, we just need to do more of that and we need to do it from a, from a young age. But, but worth saying, we need to be very um, mindful of what's now called eco-anxiety. Um, this is a really worrying topic for all of us, but particularly for children and young people. So it has to be handled really sensitively and um, there needs to be an optimism there and a focus on solutions uh, all the way through, which is why the eco schools and the other things are so good because students can absolutely have a, absolutely have a role in, in having that power to change things. So climate change and environmental sustainability is a, is a, is a huge topic. Are there any, is there any advice that you'd give to um, heads of senior leadership teams when they're starting out on how they might want to focus? I think it's important to put somebody nominally in charge um, to coordinate it and give that uh, person some time. They, you will need to have this high up on the agenda in your leadership team, as with anything that you want to change, that's crucial to success. Um, in terms of starting out, I would look at the curriculum. We have what's called personal development in all year groups, and that's an ideal spot to ensure that every student um, has education in sustainability, not just in, for example, geography. So whatever mechanism you have within your curriculum to have a look at that strand and check that it's sequenced in all year groups would be, I think, quite crucial. And, and it might actually be not too big a job because you'll see it appearing naturally, uh, I think, already at the moment. In terms of actually looking at climate change or reducing greenhouse gases on site or what, what could be easy to start with, it would very much depend on school buildings and the site. But we found biodiversity has been quite good to start with. It's quite visible. It's something that you can change quite quickly. Um, and probably waste, as I said previously, um, there can be some, some quite big wins. And I think the DfE document, it says, if you can to do one thing to help switch things off. So schools need to look at their lights, then there's so much um, 
technology now in schools? Are we really looking at um, not wasting that energy? So that's something we actually haven't had a big push on. I think we need to look at that pretty quickly as well. So small things, but those are the things which have big gains. Um, but, but ultimately, you need that policy and that agreement in place, I think, to start properly. You mentioned resources. Could you just remind us of the, the names of the, of the ones that you recommend? Yeah, so for us, it's been Let's Go Zero. Uh, the website is very clear. Uh, Sustainable St Albans and Eco Schools. Uh, the Sandringham website has a sustainability page as well. Well, it has been fascinating talking to you today. Thanks so much for joining us, Kate. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more on this topic in the coming months. And so that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Goodbye.